0: to do do
1: yeah welcome to podcast number 20
0: <laughs> oh so Two close. Zero. we're turning 20 man uh, how are you doing today real good uh, yeah i would say i give this day maybe 12 stars
1: wow out of how many
0: uh, well let's just keep it keep
1: it secret. <laughs> keep it safe. But twelve stars is objectively good. Yeah. <laughs> twelve out of 10. twelve stars sounds good. You twelve don't need out of ma- a billion.
0: When when you start making stars and other ranking systems relative to one each one another, then you're just setting yourself. I'm just up thinking of the
1: restaurant critic from Bojack Horseman who's just like,
0: oh, I'm giving this restaurant five stars out of a billion. Yeah, that's it.
1: Does that voice sound horrific? I don't even know. I can't sound hear outside of my head.
0: It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what anyone else thinks of you.
1: That's true. And that is a lesson that I have learned and uh, all the better for. Mm-hmm. Something that you say sometimes that is very helpful to me, it is none of your business what that person thinks of you. but And what is your business is being the best you that you can be. That's right. That last part is something that I say, but we I melded them together. Yeah. Because that's I, what podcat's all about, Veronica. It
0: is. It is a melting pot of cat. <laughs> It's just... And and their ideal. There's
1: clumps of fur, and there's bits of whiskers, and hairballs, and bone, and who knows what came from what cat. The important thing is we're about to have some stew.
0: Ew. <laughs> cat stew? <laughs> that reminds me of watching a documentary once with my papa, uh-huh. and um, it was in some, and I really hate to say this, but it was in some Asian country, mm-hmm. and they were... Um, And they were taking these cats and putting them in this like... Like blanching them in hot, hot water to remove their skin while they were alive. And I was so sad. Like as a person that doesn't really like care a lot about animals. Like I care about animals. Mm -hmm. But as a person that's not like all, oh man, they're my life and my everything. I'm not like that. Mm -hmm. It was really upsetting for me. You know,
1: a lot of people would have someone that's kind of out there and that they know about and they, they don't really know in person, but they like their work, like like you've got podcast fans. And they might think, huh, I wonder if she's got sort of a comic book origin story. And they're like, no, people don't have those. People just live lives. And then if they choose to live, make podcasts on top of their lives, that's a lifestyle choice. But I'm sure it's not a comic book origin story, you really do have a lot of really big insepatist moments Oh, I didn't know what I tried to say there. I'm very tired. I'm so sleepy. You really did have a, a lot of really big dramatic moments that have huge forebode and foreshadowing into your life and your career.
0: I guess. I mean, that was just a documentary. Yeah. So. Yeah. I didn't see it. You now, had really. other traumatic
1: experiences with animals. Oh,
0: God, yeah. Yeah, like so I, many. That I've been are... bitten by a cat with rabies yes. that stalked me for weeks.
1: Yep. Yeah. See, <laughs> you acted like I didn't have anything there. There's a lot. This is the, That's just scratching on the surface. There's so much more.
0: <laughs> it did scratch me. Uh-huh. It really, it almost got me so many times, and I felt like I was... I guy's real slick getting away from it
1: <laughs>
0: but i was terrified of that yeah. damn cat that was yeah. a scary cat i'm
1: so happy well i'm so happy that you that there's modern medicine and it and that was there is a cure for yeah. rabies yeah and you did not have to die of rabies yeah. because i i've always heard anecdotally that's horrific and whatever it's just a disease no it's, the, it's, it's so terrible. Painful. Not that I know from any experience or know anyone who has, but I've read about it a little bit and heard some interviews of people are talking about places where they don't always have, uh, have access to this sort of medicine. It is the most horrific thing.
0: Mm-hmm. It, like fucking scared of water. Yeah. The thing that need, that you have to have to keep you alive. You cho-
1: you people choke when they see water because of just a, a reaction of fear. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Crazy. Yeah, so... Got bit with a cat, or bit by a cat with rabies. Uh-huh. It was terrible. It was terrifying. I once got thrown off of a horse. Um, you have this photo of BoJack Horseman. It's your screen, <laughs> not your screensaver, <laughs> but your background. Uh-huh. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh-huh. Um, so it's BoJack Horseman looking into a mirror, and what he sees is a realistic looking horse, a beautiful horse with a uh-huh. glorious mane. Yeah. And I think it's a great I I've it's a really met,
1: solid uh desktop background. It's a
0: great desktop background. Um I still just have the random mountain that Apple <laughs> was like, Yeah, put that on your background. <laughs> Fuck you. And I've kept it because it's actually very pretty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but this one's good too. Um that's actually one of the things that I really like and identify with um, BoJack Horseman a lot is that he has a ton of art that's kind of of himself. Oh, it doesn't yeah. necessarily totally. have to be him, but if it kind of like makes him think of him, he I think he totally oh, gets Oh, sure. It. Yeah. And I am the exact same <laughs> way. <laughs> like at some point in my life I was just like, you know, no one can love me as much as I love me. <laughs> and that's good. Oh boy. You really have to love yourself. And, uh-huh. and, I, and I don't say that in like a, you know, some kind of a sociopathic way or anything. It's no, just,
1: it's very important.
0: Yeah. Like it, it was really, it, it was not an important thing to me for a very long time in my life. And so kind of coming to that realization was sort of a, a big deal for me.
1: Oh, sure. Yeah. And I, I, I think that's great. That's great that you have it that. It's, it not only that. It's not only that you have, you were one of the great loves of your life so much that it's bringing you to tears right now. <laughs> it's also that you really are a great facilitator for having other people have what you have and share what you have. So you try to impress that upon people that you have any influence over that it's really important to them. And people I'm, I'm talking about, I, I've, I've seen you after people who really struggle with that or don't like themselves and, you um, um, always respond with a lot of empathy and uh, just trying to be their friend. Or with uh, other people like in a, in a parent capacity, you're fantastic at having people learn to love themselves and, and to think that their selves are great. So that's, that's, that's mm-hmm. awesome. I spent a lot of my life not liking who I was, very actively wanting to either not be or be someone or something else. Mm-hmm. And having um, uh, just preoccupied with kind of Thoughts about that all the time to the point where it's really destructive.
0: Yeah, and see, and I think the most important thing that you can do is just, especially if you have children, is to release them of that nonsense feeling that who they are is not good enough. Like, imagine how much time we as a so- we as a society collectively spend thinking about how we're not good enough, mm-hmm. you know? And it's like, fuck that noise. Like, why are we wasting time on that? We are absolutely good enough to be the person that we are. And we're, if we would just commit ourselves to continually being better and improving ourselves, great. And uh, I just don't want my children to grow up in an environment where they think that... You know, the the little people that they are are not important and that they are not valued. I think you've seen that, like, several times when um, when people will talk down to my children as though they are children mm. um, and some sort of, like, subclass of human being. Oh, like, nothing makes me more angry. Mm. And I'm just like, these are people. <laughs> like, and you will treat them like people. They don't have to have your full respect and, you know, whatever, but you will treat them with the same dignity that you would treat any fucking adult. Mm-hmm. It just, that bothers me so much when people are demeaning to them. Absolutely. I really appreciate you uh, letting me carry on for such a long time and not interrupting me. <laughs> I
1: apologize to Veronica in a very confusing way, which is how I <laughs> do a lot of things. Um, <laughs> for... Um, but in a previous podcast, I feel like I really talked over her and interrupted her a lot. And I felt bad about that. And <laughs> so I apologize if I'm ever um, jumping into the conversation. It's it's two people and there's a big ebb and flow, I think, naturally to that. I and mean, I don't think it's ever a bad thing if a, a, an episode featured like 80-90% of one person, if someone really had something to say. But I feel like we were posed with a specific question from like an external source. And I was in that case, you know, it's really important to be... Very gracious, and I failed at that, and I apologize. I strive oh. always to be the best folk addict. Yeah,
0: you. Oh, I'm sorry. I feel like that was rehearsed. It but... was not. <laughs>
1: I'm just very sleepy, so I don't oh. know what's coming out of my mouth. Oh I can't boy. remember a minute ago. Oh guys, I've done a midterm. I'm doing another midterm tomorrow. I then did another quiz. I read another chapter. I did a lot of work today. I produced a big uh, something I've been working on for a very long time at work, and actually had other humans. Review it and give me notes, which was crazy, and then acted on those notes, and then had it be sent to other human beings to, yeah. So, hi.
0: There were. It seems like there's a lot of humans involved. There are, are just are like, people. Mm-hmm. I would people. not enjoy it. No, yeah.
1: I'm <laughs> so Man. I'm, I'm very.
0: This uh, yeah, Dasani sparkling water makes me burp so much more than LaCroix. Yeah. But it, it's the only cold one that we have.
1: And your Cthulhu and Friends listeners, well, I guess now with blue episodes and everything, they now know how much of a burpy human being you yeah, are. Yeah, I know. But from I, the edited show, they would never have guessed.
0: <laughs> yeah, no. It, I burp a lot. There's there's not a episode of that podcast where I have not burped, like, at least ten times. <laughs> it's just... I talk a lot, <laughs> and I also drink a lot of water during that time because if I don't, I get smacky. And Hiroshi's like, "Oh, could you please drink? Or, oh, could you please drink some more water?" <laughs> and uh, I don't know, I can't do Hiroshi, but yeah.
1: Oh, a few minutes earlier, I meant to say and I forgot: podcast listener out there, value yourself, and you are fantastic and remarkable, and we think that you're great.
0: You know who's not fantastic and remarkable? Who? Tim Kaine.
1: (laughs) Well. uh, Nope. Okay.
0: I'll not have it.
1: All right.
0: He is not fantastic, nor is he remarkable. He is just generic store brand white bread.
1: I think that the tension of politics in this day and age and, and politics politics can have us Feel really angry at somebody if they fall short of our expectation of, of being uh, a, a super person that certainly uh, or or doing everything exactly right. I, I feel like it's important to be disappointed in Ted Cain, especially for how he treated the moderator and would speak over people. And um and, and there's so many stakes. The so stakes are so high that that's very important. But I think it's also important to be even more outraged at Mike Pence for lying in a very destructive, demographic, sexist. Uh, and racist way
0: yeah but we don't hold i mean we already know mike pence is a villain
1: i know we have no standards or you know, there's nothing that yeah. they can do that disappoint us
0: i uh, mean i can't be more disappointed in donald trump and mike pence right yeah there's some sorry republican the podcast listener <laughs> listener
1: <laughs> yeah
0: um also stop listening to the show i don't i don't know what you're doing here but um, okay, Republican S-
1: fine, but this can't cycle. Like yeah, support, absolutely. If you're a conservative person with with those ideals, if you're great. a trumpista, get the fuck out. Yeah, if we, we no tolerance for that None. hatred or, or, or bigotry. <laughs> but conservative views are, are fine. Yes,
0: I completely respect your religion and your um, economic conservative values, but almost nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But I, I do respect that other position. Uh-huh. I cannot respect Trump supporters. Yeah. Um. But no, back to Tim Kaine. Okay. I wish that there was a hashtag going on on Twitter that was hashtag fire him. Because, and you know this, I strongly wanted Hillary Clinton to pick the um, Department of Urban uh, Housing. Secretary Perez, I believe. Yes. Yes. Uh, to be her running mate mm-hmm. um, I think that he would have been a wonderful addition to the ticket he's a very strong, young um, Hispanic leader mm-hmm. and I think that that was such a missed opportunity and I really wanted him on the ticket and I was so disappointed yeah. I mean I think I made a tweet about it the day that she announced his uh, uh, that he was going to be the VP and I just I was so upset about that and then for him to have interrupted the moderator more times than Donald Trump interrupted Hillary Clinton. Mm-hmm. After that debate and after we held Donald Trump to such that this like, oh you villain, you interrupted Hillary Clinton this many times yeah. to not have been conscious of that going in with a, I believe a minority moder moderator. That's right. The first
1: Asian uh, American um uh, moderator yeah. of a debate and the youngest uh, what is it youngest moderate moderator since the 80s
0: yeah and so I mean just to have gone in knowing full and well that the democratic party just held Donald Trump's face to the fucking fire and was like you are a villain you are a sexist asshole uh-huh. this proves it and he went and did it even more yeah. And if for that very reason, I really think, I wish, and I know it's not going to happen, but I wish she would fire him, take him off of the ticket, do something else. I don't like him. I don't think, I don't, I don't respect him.
1: <laughs> gotcha.
0: That's my rant, and it's over, and let's, please stop talking about politics. Okay,
1: all right. Okay.
0: Oh my gosh. We should have called that segment Paula cats. <clears throat>
1: Guys, if you're just listening, that's been an episode of Paula Cats. is a part of the Podcat Podcast Network.
0: <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> Our sponsor was, is oh, go ahead, sorry. MeUndies
1: and... <laughs> it's at com because that's yes. what you associate with political podcasts as being a supporter. Probably. Why do they support political podcast underwear? I don't know. But it happens, Right. Yeah, I guess the ones you are listening to, anyways. I guess uh, I was jacked in to vice presidential politics around the time of Clinton's announcement. Do you remember how much I was reading mm-hmm. stuff like that? Yeah, it's a good time.
0: Yeah, um, Sam and I have. Um, I I would say that politics since the since this campaign cycle really got you know up and running, um, we have had. A discussion about politics every single day. Mm-hmm. I would say that it accounts for about anywhere from 15 to maybe 45 minutes of our daily conversation.
1: Yeah, for sure. We're so, every
0: day, to say that we are engaged. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> um, as people that are not like, you know... I guess people that work in that industry but i think it's just lay people who are just very invested in making informed decisions there's not a day
1: where i don't read a minimum of like four to five articles and listen to at least 45 minutes of content and that's an average day
0: oh yeah it's one of the things that i was most shocked about you yeah um one of the things i did not know about you until you had moved in was how into politics you you were um, now I knew that you had, you know, gone and been a, a senate page mm-hmm. and all of that. But even then, I didn't know. And it leads me to believe that I probably wouldn't know if you became a drug addict, because <laughs> I have, I have nothing to tell me. Like <laughs> I, I just don't know. Well,
1: to be fair, you you knew that I was a big political junkie as soon as we became more intimate. Yes. Right, yes. Yeah. It wasn't like. A month into to being in a committed relationship, no, and it's like, oh, no, surprised. this no. is one of my central hobbies that obsesses all of my time. No, it was that it's just as close friends. You had no idea, yeah. And I, I don't no idea. talk about. I mean, I mean, I I get kind of clammy even when it comes up in podcast just because I, I feel very uncomfortable, um, uh, uh, uh talking about about things. Something. Slow
0: down now. <laughs> Take a break.
1: So there's a thing called captive audience, and I just never want to do that to people. (laughs) I I turn down the volume on almost anything I'm listening to when I go to the drive-thru, even if it's music, because I don't want to impose on that other person to have to listen to it. And it's not because I'm embarrassed about anything I'm listening to, because I'm not. It's because I don't want to make that other person a captive audience to whatever I'm listening to.
0: (laughs) Wow, that's so nice yeah well and i will say that that is a really great thing about you what makes you such a great friend is that you you would never impose that on on any of your friends even your closest friends so you know kudos to you for being a better human being than me oh
1: I, i don't i do not believe that that is true but thank you well we'll see um, I uh, oh, shoot. Oh, I grew up in Utah county Utah so I feel like I, I became very sensitive to situations of being in a captive audience mm-hmm. it became incredibly important to me to have a workplace where uh, a supervisor doesn't inappropriately impose uh, his t- time his or her time of or views on other people around there and doesn't have to, people don't have to be subject to ridicule or um, belittlement for their religion or lack thereof and for me it's the lack thereof and there are so many opportunities I, sh- I-, I should have had where I shouldn't have, have had really uncomfortable terrible moments and situations and things and-, and problems just for not being Mormon you know what I mean and yeah. so I never want to uh, impose that on other people and I-, I very much see that as a very important um, thing to project into the
0: universe. Mm. I don't, but no, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, well, that, that was, a, a, again, uh, your interest in politics was a, a- shock.
1: That was polite cat.
0: Yeah. Another. Policat.
1: Policat. Um Well, we're in Policat. I should say, you and I have different political views, which is great. I feel like everyone does when you get down to the nuts and bolts. Mm-hmm. But we would never conceivably in American politics today vote for a different candidate. But we both really would love to get to a point in American politics today where we both would vote for a different candidate.
0: Yeah, for us. When um when I first learned about your political views, I I say that you are probably more liberal than I am. Uh huh. Um, I see myself as more of a centrist on a lot of issues, but then I also lean very hard left on on a lot of things as well. But um, but one of the things that I thought was really interesting about you because I had I had been a strong supporter of Hillary Clinton for a long time, mm-hmm. and so I was really excited. I kind of knew she was going to run, but until she said it, I you know I didn't want to like be like, oh, "Yay, it's going to happen!" And then when she finally announced her candidacy, I got so excited. And um, at the first Democratic debate, I cried. Mm-hmm. I would I mean that's how dedicated I am to her and um, and to her political views I really think that she's done so much for this country and she certainly has made uh, mistakes very big mistakes mm-hmm. um, as a, as another human being living on this planet I guess, I guess what guys so have I. <laughs> I and you know somebody has probably paid for that mistake very dearly for me so um you know it, I, I I don't hold her to some godlike standard where you know and i don't think any politicians should be held to that standard because i think that that just reinforces um i guess that bad liar type thing Where, where if they feel they're held to the standard where they must be perfect then, yeah. then all of them will lie to be perfect and i don't think that that's fair to them it isn't fair to the voter mm-hmm. you know i mean humans are humans so let's just pick the the human that we think is the smartest and, uh, I feel like she's a very, very smart lady, very excited to vote for her. And, um, I forgot where I was going with that. <laughs> <laughs> but you were saying when you first got the number politics were different. And... Uh, yes. I, um, I really expected you to be a Bernie Sanders supporter. Oh yeah. Very much so because you were so much more liberal than I am. Uh-huh. And especially at that point too, I think that, um, having lived with you and also having taken, um, a bunch of different courses um, uh, through my college experience have made me a lot more liberal and really opened me up to a lot of different things that I had um, not even really considered before but um, I was very shocked to find out that you were a, a Clinton supporter oh, and a yeah. Sanders supporter yeah
1: no, I've, I've liked, um, I liked Clinton for quite some time and, and I think it's very important that she win I think that it's important that the gaslighting um, and conspiratorial sort of stuff against her loses in a, in a public election right. and the damage has been done and it will just be a electoral liability for her in any no matter how the first term goes going forward and you know what i mean so i don't care that she is um, a little less likely to win a second term than maybe a generic democrat i think there's a compelling argument to make for that and i, I don't care because it's so morally incredibly yeah. important for that gaslighting to have been defeated in a national election.
0: And that isn't to say, I mean, um, one of the people that I really hoped would run on the Republican ticket was Mitt Romney this year. Um, I thought he was an excellent Republican uh, nominee in 2012. And, you know, I mean, I I don't think he was better than Obama, but I thought he would I thought he should have run again. And I thought that they, I really expected them to go kind of head to head on that. Um, as two people that had been defeated before, and you oh, know. Cl- Clinton, Romney. Yeah. In- interesting. So I thought that would be a really cool. I I really wanted that in my mind. I was like, mm, that'd be so neat. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but then Rami's- we got
0: fucking Ted Cruz and <laughs> Donald Trump.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, Romney has won some political capital of some folks by, by showing moral courage and leading some opposition against Trump, actively looking for a spoiler conservative candidate go against him saying that he'd commit resources and do fundraising for that spoiler candidate with the expressed wish and hope of uh, of not letting Donald Trump ascend to the presidency. Yeah. It's is great. He, he's he got some things that are big disqualifiers for me that I could never go forward to. I, I think that even if it was a candidate between him and someone else I didn't want, I would probably have to do a protest vote.
0: <gasps> okay, go on. I would,
1: would, I would vote for him over, over Trump, of course. I would vote for any living being over him. I just mean like, even between him and another candidate, I just didn't like. I'd be very unlikely to vote for Romney, even less so than a generic Republican in some
0: ways. Interesting.
1: I've never expressed that to you, and I've <laughs> expressed to you a lot how I much I appreciate his moral courage. So mm-hmm. I, I know that may come as a little bit of a surprise. It's that if if, um, if money is speech is a central part of your your worldview, that money is speech, and that absolutely is more so than him as a part of his politics, personality, and everything that anything else, then I hold you accountable to that money and that speech. Mm-hmm. And money towards conversion therapy, which hurts and kills LGBT people, yeah. is, is speech with that. So I hold you to the standard of your own words. And if he says speech is money, or, or, uh, and, and money is speech and corporations are people, mm-hmm. then, I, then the, the actions of, of supporting conversion therapy monetarily is an absolute electoral disqualifier for me
0: yeah that that's a very that's a very strong point obviously um yeah i would never vote for an anti-lgbt yeah. candidate i just to be fair, i mean I, I would almost not vote sure if that were
1: now to, to be fair i don't think that he's espousing a uh, hugely hateful rhetoric of lgbt people in this day and age uh but and if there was another person with $150 million who a lot of people were in charge of managing those assets for you while you're in the public office and had planned twists and some of that money got to some places, I would hold them to a lesser standard or I'd be more accepting of mistakes. But it's his case where well, money would... is going to be speech for him that that money got somewhere that he's held to those as if there are his words.
0: So, But has he ever backpedaled on that or said that that is something that he regrets?
1: He somewhat plausibly says that he wasn't sure... He didn't know everywhere where some of that money is. It was part of his charitable givings. Okay. And in, in a big thing. So, um, but he was supporting charities in Utah that were, were doing LGBT, that were leading to yeah, the yeah, death of Yeah, I understand what you're saying. So.
0: Interesting. But, anyways. Well, I think he's a very good, um, yeah, I, I think he's a really good Republican. Or that he represents the the Republican Party very. I agree, well.
1: and even though I wouldn't have voted for him, I think he would have been an okay president. Yeah. Sure, like I I, I don't think of too many Republicans think he would have been fine. John McCain would have been fine. He said John McCain's a good person. John McCain was extremely morally compromised in that situation and did a lot of choices that showed an extreme lack of judgment mm-hmm. and everything like that. But there are so many stop seats of him in that he's a person driven by ethics at some level and you really can't look at the body of his life and see that he isn't. Yeah, sure, right. there are failings, but you know what I mean? So it's different than Trump. It, it would be bad. I would always vote for a Democrat over him, basically, but he, he would have been fine. It's, this election is different. This election Gary Johnson
0: is out. also yeah. a really weird one. I, I used to consider myself a libertarian. Um, when that movement first kind of got a little, before it became Tea Party. Mm. And, um... I think
1: libertarians would take issue with that a little I think they'd end up by themselves as different and apart from Tea Party people. Yeah.
0: No, no, no. I, I, I completely agree. Um, yeah, but I think, I think he's very weird. And he's one of the only candidates, before I kind of realized he was completely incompetent. Um... <laughs> I'm <laughs> the, sorry, what is a <laughs> That, uh that I probably would have voted for, but yeah, I, I've never voted for anyone other than a Democrat. And I don't really see that. Yeah. And that's the thing.
1: I would always vote for a Democrat too. And until a Republican um, really, I believe that they would have scientific advisors and they would not gut scientific institutions to this country. Mm -hmm. And until I believe that they would act on climate change as, as not only a real thing, but an existential threat to yeah. america and like a whole other list of things that are kind of disqualifying things so yeah we had both vote for democrats for the foreseeable future i don't see that changing but it would be so, so great if we could both vote our actual political ideologies that we have that are very distinct from one another yeah and we could both get a candidate that we really love that would hit check all that list. and that's
0: that's i think one of the most important things and that's why i have had a lot of respect for Mitt romney in the past is because I think that he represented that and I think that I feel so sorry for Republican voters that are not represented in this uh, election cycle and oh, I really sure. feel like it, it's such a sad state of affairs that, um, that it's come to a point where they don't trust Hillary Clinton. They don't trust Donald Trump. They are casting their vote for Gary Johnson as kind of a, a Hail Mary like well it's got to be better than these two people and, and I think that's sad. I really think Think that in American politics in this day and age, you should be able to cast your vote for some for someone that you believe in. Like I, I know that a lot of people disagree with um, with me and my just diehard loyalty to Hillary Clinton, but I wish that people could feel that way about the candidate that they want to feel that way about. Mm -hmm. I think that Bernie Sanders did that for so many people and it's really heartbreaking that he isn't, you know, isn't there for them now. And, uh, you know, hopefully he stays uh, politically active and keeps them engaged. I don't think like historically that's really never happened before. So he's doing, um,
1: Sanders is doing one day this weekend, he did four rallies in that one day two of them were in different states. They think. <coughs> he's, so he's, he's been like really all out when he said he would do everything he could to a uh, elector. He meant that I know his organization, um, his national... But organization what I mean
0: is in midterms. Oh,
1: I see. Yeah, you're right. Of <clears> course. Having
0: that longevity to keep the, the voters engaged in midterms and really keep up that steam. I think that it, it, when someone figures out how to make these gra- those grassroots movements keep their momentum going for years and years, That that's going to be a, a change, I think. And I think that um, a lot of the feminist movement really does that well, mm. um, you know, where it continually has, uh, you know, publications and they have very outspoken uh, people that are always, you know recruiting and helping people understand what feminism is. I think that once that happens for a more general cause, uh, th- th- that'll be good because I, I love Hillary Clinton and I just want everyone else to feel that way about someone. Sure. You know? Yeah?
1: Yeah. So, so I think we're going to end this one and call it Politicat and put it up.
0: We can never release this.
1: <laughs> we're releasing this. We are telling our, our podcat Nistas. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm> sorry, <laughs> we're telling our audience a lot about us, and if they're the twenty episodes in, I'm, I'm kind of open to tell them everything. I'm going to okay. tell them a lot of things.
0: You're going to tell posters. them a lot of things. Specific just things. Just... just is the next episode going to be episode twenty one? The specifics. The specifics.
1: Podcast listeners, I don't know if you can see a difference between Sleepy Sam and Normal Sam, but uh, you got to sleep Sam this time.
0: Oh boy. But we need to do an episode when you are Sambian. Oh boy. There are three levels of, I'm sorry, four levels of Sam. There uh-huh. is Awake Sam, who is bright, cheerful, wonderful, the Sailor Moon and podcast <laughs> Sam that you all know and love. <laughs> And then there's Sleepy Sam, who is a little loosey goosey and says things and gets a little rambly. Um, and then there is Sambian. <laughs> Sambian is when Sam is on sleeping medication, uh-huh. and boy does it get weird. Yeah, It can go to a lot of great. different
1: directions of weird too.
0: It really does. You d- like you don't know what to expect with him. Like
1: Sambian can be oddly combative in ways that I think the other Sams aren't.
0: Yeah, I think like at some point I was just like, I'm not going to engage with you <laughs> when you are Sambian. I'm just going to say, okay, Sambian, I am going to bed and then I will yeah. go to bed. Yeah. And then the most horrific of all Sams is Sleep Sam.
1: Oh, yeah. I'm sorry,
0: not Sleep Sam, Dream Sam.
1: Oh, negaverse Sam?
0: Yeah, negaverse Sam is the worst and yeah. it's the one that i most... Frequently dream about. <laughs> Where Negafru's Sam, uh, he just does terrible things. This is
1: the Sam that she sometimes has in Nightmares all the time. Yes. So constantly have nightmares that I'll be like, Veronica, I am no longer in a relationship with you and I just want you to know that everything about you is terrible and I'm going to say it in a way that really cuts at your fears.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Or you'll be like in mortal danger, like being held at gunpoint by some robber And Negoverse Sam will be like, ugh, these problems are just such a bother to me. Why do you need problems?
0: Or it'll be like, after a podcast, and I'll have a very similar dream to that, Uh and you'll be like, well, I don't know if this is right or wrong.
1: (laughs) (laughs) What is correct? Let's talk about that next time. Yeah. We'll stop this one. Goodbye!